exciting and new. Come aboard. We're expecting you. Welcome, brothers and sisters, to Hank's B2 Tom. I'm Zeke Sublet. I'm Randy Ramos. And we're here to continue our journey through the Tom Hanks world. The Hanks Cinematic Universe. The Hanks Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Yeah, there you go. Um, today, we are going to talk about Tom Hanks in 1980. Randy, what year is it? It's, uh, I think it said it, the original air date was October 25th, 1980. October 25th, 1980. Mr. Tom Hanks, a young upstart, did a guest spot on The Love Boat couple things <laughs> couple things about that first and foremost i did not know this show was an hour long no it was uh i i don't, I don't know much about the love boat do you know anything about the love boat no i yeah. mean the extent of i know the theme song because it, you know, it gets played and everything right um i know names of things from them it being referenced in pop culture and shit captain stubing hi captain stubing Howard, Gopher, and Doc. Permission to come aboard, sir. And like, I, I've I never been confused yeah. about that for 10 years. Yeah. Gopher and Doc. Yeah. I did not get that joke when it was said in Ace Ventura, but I remember laughing because stooping is just a funny word yeah. to a child's ears. And I would, just, I would use that as a reference. When I was like 10 years old trying to be like funny on the playground. Anyone was doing like boat related or water, it'd be like Captain Stubing, and I had no idea what I was talking about. I, I, I honestly didn't even get the Captain reference to that in Ace Ventura. I just thought Stubing was some adult thing that people say, and it Jim Carrey is just one of those guys who says random shit yeah. at any given point, and whether people laugh or not, I didn't get the fact that you know the the guy who opened the door in Ace Ventura looked like he was a, <laughs> ca- a boat captain. That took me years to put even that together that's how dumb i was well, I, mean, like, I guess i would do a lot of captain references like i would do captain and tennille jokes mm-hmm. i didn't know anything about that shit <laughs> r.i.p r.i.p <laughs> the captain just passed away not too long ago um you and the captain you and the captain yeah make it happen so i did i i've never this is actually the first episode of the love boat i've ever seen yep um unlike another show that tom hanks was on that we're gonna talk about bosom buddies which i'm super super excited for I've seen a lot of that. Um, and it's good. As I mentioned uh, in, in the last pod, my mom was a big fan of that show, so I remember watching that. Um, so excited for that. But yeah, I, I trivia. Here's a little trivia. Um, Tom Hanks was on this episode to promote Bosom Buddies, oh. which was going to air like the next week or month or something like that. Like it was... So yeah, because I've seen a commercial on YouTube where they're advertising that Tom Hanks is going to be on the Love Boat. Yeah, and I was like, Yeah, he was no one yet. Yeah, he w- he was just an upstart, and they thought let's let's put him on the Love Boat because we've got this show in the works that he's starring in, and this will be a way to kind of like get him out there. Um, and he was in that. We should say this is a. Uh, it's like when the Family Guy in- would have Cleveland come back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we should we should say um, this is season four, episode one. Yeah, and like uh, the longest title ever, Sergeant Bull, uh, Friends and Lovers. And yeah. Then there's another one. Yeah, that's actually that's a good uh, that's a good segue, right? It's there, it's right? weird that they named the show as by the three storylines. Yeah, yeah, 
and, and you and I, you and I had uh, talked about that. Like it, it's a very long show, but things happen very quickly. So it's it's Sergeant Bull slash Friends and Lovers slash Miss Mother. Miss Mother. Oh, that's Gwen. That's Gwen. Okay. Yeah. Now we're yeah. connecting dots. Or, so I'm sorry. There's two S's. Mrs. Mother. Yes, because you know, right. as we find out, she is a right. Well, unfortunate yeah. pregnancy. That's a that yeah yeah. We'll foreshadow a little bit on there. So um all right. So in this episode, obviously you have your um you know your main your main cast. You've got Captain Steubing and Doctor Adam Bricker and Gopher and Julie. bartender Isaac Washington. But it's not just Captain Steubing. It's your captain. yes. It's not just Doctor Adam Bricker. It's your doctor. And your assistant purser. Right. What is a purser? I don't know what a purser is. That's the one area that we didn't research. Just, it's a, uh, I'm I'm not super nautical, so I don't know a lot of terms like that. I'm going to guess he's like an accountant. I always, mm -hmm, yeah, that makes sense. I always forget which one is starboard and which, starboard, Jesus Christ. Ooh. Starboard, what is it? Star, 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 starboard. Oh my god! Bird. I'm an idiot. I don't know. That's my <laughs> accent coming from. I don't know shit about boats, people. Yeah. <laughs> Purser is an officer on a ship who keeps the accounts, especially the head steward, on a passenger vessel. I guess that makes sense. But he's an accountant. Okay. So why was he greeting? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. it's TV. It's TV. The biggest question that I had leaving this show. Where the fuck was HR? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really. I know the show is called The Love Boat. But really, you've literally got your head purser, like, swapping spit with Julie. Just, are, what, I think she's just a, uh, like a, she's like a hostess in she, the dining area. She is an employee. Yeah. Literally, like, in the middle of... Uh, their pirate bar. <laughs> their pirate bar. And also at dinner, like right right next to, you know, the captain's table at dinner, just like going at it. And there's, a, I know why they're making out. They're, they're making out for a specific reason, which we'll get to. But like, still, where's HR? Yeah, like, and the, no one says it's a bad idea. Like, the captain never says like, hey, don't do that. Like, this could lead to a situation. Yeah. And like speaking. They'll just laugh about it. So, they're on their way to... What was the name of the Mazatlan? Mazatlan, which we, I think, determined was a coastal town in Mexico. Yeah, Pacific Coast. Um, so where they actually um, descended from is unknown because these trips are two days long. So I, and it's it's pretty Mazatlan is pretty far down in Mexico. Yeah, it's it. So they would have either. It's got to be Southern California. But can you get there in two days? I don't know cruise. You've never been on a cruise, right? No. I haven't either. I'm not, I'm not cruise people. Cruise people is yeah. like, those are people who want to travel, but like they want to go to foreign countries, but never actually leave America, which is like, an, a, like basically a cruise is a floating embassy. <laughs> good point. Good point. I never thought of that. That's a good point. Yeah. They want to go to a foreign country and say they were outside of the U.S., but like still be on a small be around, piece of the yeah. U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yeah, fuck you, cruise people. <laughs> Grow some balls. <laughs> Randy, you just kind of blew my mind right now. <laughs> um, so they, they, anyway, they're, they're, they're headed there. But these trips are two days long. 
And so much happens. So much happens. <laughs> uh, but did you, while you were watching this episode, I don't know, did you feel like Gwen and the doctor were going to hook up? Yes. Okay, so there's uh, the obviously because each episode is a uh, a different destination. This was a show that had a lot of guest characters. Yeah, um, it's a good. I it's like, a good concept. I like this this situation of the show works right. really well. It works really well. It's actually really really funny. And if you think about like from a network standpoint, you have a lot of opportunity to like cross promote, mm-hmm. which I believe just from my research they did a lot of that. Uh, it sounds like uh, love. American style, there was a lot of cr- uh, cross-promotion from that. This show allows for a lot of guest characters because these trips are only two to two, three days. This one seemed like it was two nights. Two yeah. nights. Yeah. They And they we know that because they talk about how quickly things are happening within like 15 hours. <laughs> yeah. um, so we first meet... Uh, it's Gopher. Uh, Gopher. And uh, Julie... And Julie. Greeting passengers. Yeah, Julie. So Gopher is the head person and Julie is... Uh, like a hospitality. A hospitality, yeah, exactly. Um, then there's uh, Isaac. Ted Lang. Ted Lang, who is the bartender. Your bartender, excuse me. <laughs> who encounters um, uh, a gentleman who's, who's uh, a, a group of former vets. Yeah. A Korean War vet. Army men. Army men uh, who are doing like a 30-year reunion. And then there's well yeah the army guys come on first and their yeah. their sergeant comes up behind them they right. all fall in line and then Ted Lang when he's like attention he does it too you yeah. know good wholesome good yeah generic sitcom joke right and then I think that's when it cuts to Julie and uh, Gopher standing there mm-hmm. and Tom Hanks comes up and that's when Tom Hanks enters Rick Martin Rick Martin this is full fro Tom Hanks it is as out of control. As his hair could possibly be. Like, it was borderline insanity in He Knows You're Alone. In this one, it is madness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It has gone down his neck far, even farther. His ears are non-existent. His, no idea what his ears look like. So that was the, the sergeant aspect of the episode. Yep, that's Sergeant Bull. And then the Miss Mother is uh, a woman by the name of... Gwen. Shelley Smith. But Gwen is her character, and she is on a cruise, two months pregnant. Um, Just walks right up, where is the doctor? I need to talk to him. I'm pregnant. Yeah. So she's doing her thing. Which is, that's a weird way to like just walk right on. I need the doctor immediately. Like it's not like she's about to pop. Right. <laughs> right. But I mean she acknowledges that like her her uh, doctor back home is like a super stickler and like that's the first thing you need to yeah, do. Yeah, he, he would be mad if I'm late. Right. So in that aspect, like good for her. She's, you know. Punctual. She's punctual, doing what she needs to do. Um, but out of the gate, there's a lot happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And I don't know if that's like just par for the course with this show, but... I'm guessing, because they have three very well-developed as far as like... There's no real B... It's like three A storylines. There's not like an A, B, C. Right. They all get equal time, and they're bouncing all around, and then like your crew members are all interacting equally, also yeah. crossing into other stories. Right. So while Doc is, like, worried about Gwen, he's also talking about how when Tom Hanks comes up and he makes fun of Gopher saying he was a strikeout, and he's like, oh, do you have a a woman now? He just grabs Julie, who's sitting next to him, and they pretend that they're in a relationship. Right. And that becomes, like, the talk of the boat. Yeah. 
So we're here to talk about Tom Hanks. So let's let's do a quick little like what happens with the other two storylines, the 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 Miss Mother and the uh, Sarge. Sarge. So in short, Sarge, uh, and he's he's with his three um, uh, uh, former. I guess they were they were lower ranks than him. Like he was he yeah. was their sergeant. Yeah, he was in their their. I, I'm gonna. They were the Sarge's privates. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> Which I'm 10 years old, and I have to laugh at the sergeant. It's said I come from a military family, and I don't know how the rank and file works. I, that's that's my bad, but anyone who's listening that's in the military, thank you for your service. Um, so I don't – they were – anyway, so they were in the Korean War, but the Sarge is obsessed. He, he is not – He can't let it go. He can't let it go. He cannot let it go, and it's driving uh, the other three uh, kind of crazy because they're obviously on a boat to unwind, but he's like waking them up at – uh, 6 a.m. with the with the reverie and like um so they're like oh let's get him a woman yeah so who else let's just look to the staff again with the hr let's look to the staff they they get the the house cleaning lady well they guilt doris roberts doris roberts <laughs> the mother from uh, everybody loves raymond the mother from everybody loves raymond uh she is the other guest star on this and so doris roberts who is rose the cleaning lady uh they guilt her into coming on and, uh, you know, taking him out on a date, basically. And they fall in love. Yeah, well, the whole thing is insane. Like, the way they guilt her in it is they lie about what they did in the war. They're like, you're going to, they're like, she walks up and she goes, you, you guys look like you just lost a friend. And then one of them is like, I wish we had. He's ruining <laughs> our cruise. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. That was... Your shitty cruise has been ruined for 48 hours and you wish he's dead. Oh, yeah. And then they say that they fought in a battle. What was the – it was like a super Japanese name. He just like made it up. Yeah. Like I mean, if you did that joke like in 1990, it would have been like back in the Battle of Kawasaki. But. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so – So they guilt her into it. They guilt her into it. She tries to seduce him in his room. Yep. And they end up – you know, long story short, they end up falling in love. Even like the, he, Sarge says to Doris Roberts after she tries to seduce him, they go and have uh, oh, dinner God. or something. Yeah. And then he goes, Harry, I have to tell you something. I know, I know. You think that I'm crazy. I'm crazy that a dumb slob like me could say that I've fallen in love in just 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and he is not the only one in this episode who goes that far that quick. He also says, when he finds out that this whole thing was started out as a ruse, you hurt me more <laughs> than anything that happened to me in the war. Rose, what you did to me hurt me more than anything that ever happened in the whole war. Harry. What? I, I had friends' deaths that hurt less. What? Look, I've never been to war. I cannot imagine the type of horror that it, that, that is. But even to us. First, a first date gone wrong is worse than any whoa <laughs> yeah you met this woman 12 Talk hours of race he wasn't even interested when she was trying to seduce him yeah and then now 12 hours later the all of korea is just dwarfed they had one conversation where she finally cracked the shell <laughs> <laughs> and now and then shortly after he finds out that it was a ruse and that hurt more yeah. than anything in korea damn Talk about a snowflake. <laughs> yeah, this guy's got some codependency issues. Yeah, man. Shit. 
they end up, you know, we might as well just wrap up that. Yeah, she just, ends but, up. She ends up saying like, "Oh no, you, uh, you know what?" Because she does crack the shell. Well, she has to go back when they're mad at yeah. her, and she goes back with the army buddies, and they're banging on the door. Yeah, and he won't let them in, so she grabs her key because she's like the head, uh, like cleaning lady. She is a cleaning lady. She so has a she, master key. She just walks in, and then he goes and hides in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> and she's, she's like, "I know you can still hear me." He runs the water. She goes, "You know, you can hear me over the running water." Then he starts singing army songs, and she, she starts knows, singing along. Yeah, she knows the lyrics, which is that's cute. Um, and, and you know, I can't dog. It, there are a lot of really great jokes, kind of like woven into this this whole plotline. But long story short, they end up you know coming together really quickly as as they do on the love boat. <laughs> yes. Um, and then you know when they're at the end of the episode when they're doing their final little sends off, they're like, "We'll see you in." In 30 years, and he's saying, we'll see, like, you know. the 30, our 30 year anniversary. The 30 year anniversary. And then the guys. Uh, They're like, it'll be our 60th of Korea. Yeah. He goes, no, not of that, of ours. Yeah, it's like, okay, so now we're talking about. And they didn't even meet on day one of the cruise. Yeah. They, they met like, at, like, lunch on the second, second to last day. day. Yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. And then you have the Miss Mother. Which this is one of the crazier. yeah storylines of the whole thing. Yeah. And also for 1980, it's a weird thing. Like they get into abortion. <laughs> they get into abort. They get into the abortion topic. They get into, uh, there's a little slut shaming in there. Little, there's more than a little slut shaming. <laughs> yeah. There's say. a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, topics that, you know, people kind of, uh, don't really tackle in this day and age on show, like a sitcom. Even though they should, they should, they should talk. And about there's not shit. a lot of laughs in that storyline. There's like none. <laughs> there's also the creepiness of Doc to Gwen, and that's what I was saying earlier. Like, did you not feel? So let's talk about Gwen. Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead. Who? We can edit that part out. But so you've got Gwen. She enters. She comes on. She immediately says, "I need to find the doctor." She meets the doctor. Tells her her situation. Um, they jump right into the conversation of abortion. <laughs> it's uh, crazy. She's like, I'm not in love with the father. Yep. And then, and then know. the doctor just goes, have you thought about abortion? Yeah. And then you're like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Um, so you're a, you're a cruise doctor. You're a cruise. Doctor. You are not a primary care physician. <laughs> like, yeah. What a crazy thing to say. Yeah. And then she meets, um, Willem Dafoe looking Defoe, motherfucker. Yeah. His name Willem is Dennis. Defoe. Dennis. She meets Dennis and they, they start to have a little bit of a fling and, the fling kind of continues to escalate very, you know, nothing out of the ordinary of a quick little romance from any other show. Uh, and then she eventually will say like, yeah, I, I have a baby. And he's like, he does the whole like, oh, you know, side angle, side face. I need to think about this. I need to think about this. And, but the whole time, the, the Dennis, the Dennis Gwen storyline, nothing, nothing crazy. But what's crazy to me, what I kept thinking about was like... Is Doc lingering around with is, creepy stepdad yeah. energy? Like, he wants to fuck Gwen. <laughs> well, yeah, badly. He wants. Well, to there's also the line from Vicky when she walks on, she goes, where's the Doc? Mm-hmm. I need to find the Doc and all this other stuff. And then Vicky, who is like a, a 11 or 12-year-old girl, just goes, oh, the Doc's got him trained well. Now they're looking for him. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's some uh, some... You know, any any other love boat fan can can speak to that a little bit more than we can. Which that to me, we didn't watch anything else after it because I mean it's a decent enough show, but it's dated. So sure, that kind of sets it up as like Doc's a stud, right? 
Doc is not a stud. No. Doc looks like uh, the brother in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. He's got aviator glasses on, which, full disclosure, so do I right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, um, that doesn't look, but he has, like, no chin. He's, yeah. He's gangly. He's, like, 42. He's got, he's got like, 35-year-old energy, but he's clearly in his 60s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he also, every time he sits next to Gwen, he has predatory body language. Oh, totally. He's totally. like leaning in, arm right around her yeah. chair. Like he's not, he's not even like man spreading. He's like man attacking. Yeah. Yeah. But there are some heavy topics throughout that storyline. Yeah. The, the, the fact that they keep bringing up abortion and stuff, but like also that's another storyline where immediately like they, they bump into each other when they're getting on the boat at like 11 a.m. They have, they meet for dinner that night and then he immediately starts saying Right off the bat, like, oh, I think this could be, like, a serious thing. Yeah. And they're talking about how he's in, like, mortgages and she's in real estate. And then there's that awkward one with, like, we're practically related. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, no. Like, now you're getting into everything I see on a porn site now. Right. (laughs) Don't go down that road. We're practically related. Let's do it. They – it – love happens way too quickly on the love boat. And I know – these are some of the most desperate Match.com stir event people. Oh, man. It, it, it Wait, makes is, you think. Maybe the, is the love boat supposed to be like a singles boat? I think so. I think it is. Okay. Yeah. I think the whole point is to like. Well, in that case, I'm like two years away from being on a love boat. Oh, <laughs> Randy. Um, the right one's out there, man. <laughs> the right one's out there. Um, so, it, it, yeah. And, and again, the biggest thing that keeps coming into my mind, where the fuck is HR? Because now <laughs> the, the staff is, is, I mean, prying too much. And that's not even me being like super sensitive or anything like that. Like, no. You can't have your doctor talk to a woman he just met about abortion. Right. Like she could immediately come back around and be like. <laughs> like they met on like the. In like, She's just, holding her bags. They met by the pool. They met <laughs> yeah. by the pool. It's not like she made an appointment and went to a doctor's office where he had all of his certificate. She could have walked up to anybody and said, are you the doctor? And he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if that's how she met Dennis. Yeah. They were by the pool. And now he's like, oh, you're pregnant? You're going to get an abortion? Because <laughs> uh, I'd like to get up all up in that thatness. Yeah, and, uh, the entire yeah. time. He's almost yeah. like, hey, get that thing out of the way. I want to yeah. put another one in there. Yeah. Like, Whoa, doc. Yeah, like pump the brakes. And also, do your homework, Gwen. <laughs> Look for references. <laughs> I know you're in a vulnerable state right now, but do what yeah. you got to do. You know, Maybe Jesus. cancel the cruise trip. Because you have a child on the way. <laughs> I mean, look, look. Back in the day, you'd have to do like, you had to travel agent. I actually thought of that, but it's like, it was a lot harder back then to like book that type of crap. And you had a lot of money that went into it up front. There was a lot of, so I, I, that part, I thought about it for a minute. I was like, why are you on a cruise if you're pregnant? But it's like, you know what? You've already paid for it. You're fine. You're only two months in. You can afford a couple of days out on the open seas. Maybe real you know. estate's going really well. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they acknowledge that like interest rates are really bad right yeah. now. <laughs> They're like, it's not the buyer's market. <laughs> it's not the best buyer's market. Uh, but like, whatever. Like, you know, you do you. You do what you got to do, girl. But again, <laughs> don't start getting medical advice from the doctor next to the fucking pool where 
coincidentally, Tom Hanks is getting rubbed down like, like fucking Bob, like Bob Kraft at a fucking massage parlor. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that brings us right back to what we really want to talk about. Let's talk about the man, Tom Hanks. Randy, do you remember last podcast we had the discussion? What type of villain would <laughs> Tom Hanks be, or what type of heel could he be? Because we we love everything we've seen about him because he's so likable, he's so lovable. He's he can he can he can play intense, but even then you're like you're you're invested in him emotionally, um, usually in a in a in a positive way. Even even when it's like sad, even when it's sad, it's a positive way. We were like, okay, could he be like the the corrupt CEO? Could he be like a? Could he ever play like the Joker? They use his charisma the right way in this by making him a womanizer. Yeah. That is his, this is the type of villain that Tom Hanks can play. He plays an asshole, frat boy, womanizing piece of shit. Your moment of tomfoolery for this. Oh yeah. Tom Hanks, that's it. Ah, funny guy, Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a stitch. I have AIDS. Is when he refers to Gopher as Strikeout Smith. Hello there. Uh, I'm Rick, Rick Martin. Well, welcome aboard. I'm Julie McCoy. Mm-hmm. This is our yeoman purser, Burl Smith. Gopher! Rick, hi. <laughs> I don't believe it! Did you know each other? Oh, I used to. College. Oh. We're fraternity brothers. Imagine after all these years running into Strike Out Smith. <laughs> I was a pitcher on the baseball team. <laughs> Gopher got stood up more often than any guy on campus. The steady date used to be Sylvia Krasnick our 70-year-old house mother. Well, I don't think Julie's really interested in that stuff. Oh, now I know your luck has changed. By now, you're probably dating a girl with her own teeth. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am. Right, honey? Yep. <laughs> and a he's a little over the top, but oh, he, he gets yeah. away with it because he's still too likable to almost really make you hate the guy, which in a way, like, they're really playing into his charisma of like it works for all the other women. It doesn't work for Julie, right? Because he after Gopher and Julie decide they're going to fake a relationship, they meet for dinner the first night, and Hanks reaches over and he's like, "I really like you," and grabs her leg under the table, mm -hmm. so she jumps all over Gopher. Do you know who he? Uh, he's like a he's like a Don Junior. He's like a so he he's a he's a he's a he's almost too care. You know who he would be? The closest character to him I thought of in movies right away was uh, the guy from Die Hard. Hans Booby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's who he's playing a little bit. Yeah. He's like fast talking. Right. He, he's a... Um, they never... I, don't, I know they acknowledge it, but they don't get too much into detail about it, but he, he's a, he retired like at yeah. 20 or something like that. He invested... Oh, what did he say? Something like about he, gold. You must have worked very hard, Mr. Martin, to have retired at such an early age. No, no, not really. You see, I bought gold at $40 an ounce. <laughs> at first, I thought I would be bored with retirement, even lonely, but uh, my lifestyle seems to attract companionship. Yeah, he bought gold at $40 a pound or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and uh, right before someone found, like, another mine or something. Yeah, exactly. So he he's super rich. He retired early, and he talks about how, like, that... Leads me to, you know... Certain. When I have a wallet like this, women yeah. just find me. Exactly. And literally, every time he's by a pool, he is in 
Not quite a Speedo, but it's close. It's shorts that he pulled into one. Oh, yeah. And he is getting rubbed down by three to four women in <laughs> bikinis. Meanwhile, while they're rubbing him down, he's trying to pick up Julie. <laughs> right. He has no interest in the other beautiful women that are like, like, what what kind of desire do you need? I will do it. He's doing some real white male privilege shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wants what he can't have. That's, that's the moral of the story. He wants what he can't have. He knows that Julie is not interested right away, but he's that's that only uh, feeds his appetite. It, like, it's almost like he wants to take something away from his old buddy. Exactly. That, like, gives him his charge. Yeah. He wants to, like, cuck a guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and again, just to recap, he knows Gopher. They were frat, uh, fraternity brothers together. Um, and... Gopher is a little insecure, which is why he grabs Julie. He's like, he's been better at me at everything. He got better grades. Right. He's better with women. He was better at sports. This is a tough one, man. This is a tough... Tough one to talk about. It's another, like, as we're getting rolling on this, there's not a lot of Tom Hanks in it. There's he's, not. He's a little bit more featured in this. He's probably got similar screen time to he did in the horror movie we watched. Yeah. But you you can see... He's still... He's a little too charming he's to still be very that charming. level of dick, but also, like, the tone of the show. I don't know how much darker they would have got. I mean, I mean, they went crazy too deep on, like, the single mother who doesn't have a relationship with the father in the eighties and talking about abortion and right that heavy stuff. So maybe that's as deep as they ever go on heavy topics. Right. I felt, um, really similar to, to how it was when he knows you're alone that like two times we've seen him be a womanizer. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was really a womanizer and he knows you're alone. I mean, he tripped the woman in the woods (laughs) That, I just, I chalked that up to just bad at flirting. <laughs> he's basically, at this point in his career, he's being casted as the guy, like the every man who can talk his way into like women's hearts. Yeah, but not necessarily in like, a, this is the, he was. It's less lascivious in the horror movie. He is a super douche in this movie. Yes. And he knows you're alone. He was like, like he's got confidence he just you know maybe there's a few things that he kind of he uses his he uses his sense of humor as a way and yeah tripping tri- tripping anyone is not cool <laughs> i mean you can hurt yourself man but uh tom hanks is straight up tripping in that movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh but he also like he's he's at the the november uh fair there when they're getting right. on the rides talking about like oh i'm so smart and all yeah. this other, like He's getting typecast a little bit right out of the gate. It's almost like yeah. he's so good in auditions and charming that they're like, oh, this is all the guy he can be. We've talked about this like he is the everyman. Would, but like, and, oh, would you think at this point, we've watched two things from 1980 when he starts his career. Mm-hmm. Would you imagine in, what is Forrest Gump, 1993 or four, mm-hmm. that he could ever play a, a semi-mentally challenged person like that and like be nominated for Oscars from what we've seen? Yeah. Maybe. Because he... He's a little too Ryan Reynolds at this stage in his career. Good point. Yeah. He is very Ryan Reynoldsy, but he's not like... See, that's what I mean. Like, he's not... He's not like this knockout. He's not like your Brad Pitt. He's not like your... Uh, I would say like Ryan Reynolds. Like, he's still goofy as all get out. But, but he's he, got this charm. It makes it work for him. He, the, is, he shits on himself and everything we've watched. He is... 
this is weird as like two cis white men trying <laughs> trying to figure out like how attractive he is to people. But he seems like anyone like I've been friends with who is, you know, not bad looking. No. Not a knockout. No. Just someone's cup of tea. I mean, he, when he's getting like rubbed down, which again, there was no oil and he's just been in the pool and like that. They're just shit, smushing his sweat around. That shit causes like a rash after a while. You know what I mean? Um, anyway, but um, that's just me and my own weird skin problems. But he's not like rocking a six pack or anything like that. He's just, he's got a huge fro. And yeah, a, he's got a really young dad vibe. He's got a really young dad vibe. And again, so that's what it's like. It's like kind of like Hugh Grant. It's kind of like Colin Firth. And he, he like he didn't even have like the Burt Reynolds chest hair or anything. No, he had like the the you know the sternum patch, like a real weak Shawn Michaels nineteen nineties thing. Yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was just a guy that ha- that had charisma. But he didn't talk that shit. Like we and everything. Like the two things we've watched so far. Yeah, and knowing because I've seen some other Tom Hanks shit, the guy can talk that shit. He knows how to talk his way in or out of anything. <laughs> yeah, he really he, he talked his way out of Julia on this one. Yeah, yeah, and because he so goes to her room. He he goes to her room. There's a there's a classic moment where he's he's knocking. She finally opens the door and she gives him the okay. business. Romance man, he delivers. Oh, it's you. What do you want? What do you think I want? I want to come in. Well, I'm sorry, but I'm getting dressed right now. Ooh, now I really want to come in. <laughs> Mr. Martin, I'm very busy. If you'd like to speak with me, I'll be in the lounge later. Oh, uh, now, look, uh, don't get me wrong. I love the way you're playing hard to get, but uh, remember, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do right now. I may not be available later. Well, that's a chance I'll just have to take, Mr. Martin. Oh, now, call me Rick and let me in. If I don't see you till later, you'll probably be with Gopher. You're probably right. Well, not. Hey, who are we kidding here? Uh, a great-looking lady like you deserves a real man, not some uh, goofball like Gopher. Now, see here, Rick. Passenger or no passenger, I stop being pleasant when you insult Gopher. Forget Gopher. I'd like to forget you. You're not even in the same league with Gopher. You may think of him as some kind of goofball, but he has qualities you'd never understand, like kindness and consideration. I find him an attractive, wonderful man. You got that off your chest. Now, may I come in? (laughs) Please, do come in. I was just leaving anyhow. His... Immediate response is, you got that off your chest. Can I come in now? <laughs> <laughs> that might be the moment of Tom Fuller. Well, that, two moments of Tom Fuller. That's, that's a great, that's a great. And then she's bit. like. Even though it's a, it's a, you know, it's gross, but it's, it's a good bit. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and then she's like, good, you, you can't come in. And then he walks in. She goes, I was leaving anyway. Yep. And then walks right out of the room. <laughs> Probably the funniest part of the episode. I think so. Yeah. Um, a lot of, a lot of what we talked about in the first pod about his charisma, his charm, his way with words. He takes it to a negative, in, in, in a negative character, a more heel type character than he did in the, in the first pod. But it's still a lot of the same. He, you still kind of like, man, you got away with, with the way that you do things, man. It's, it's, and I'm into it. But there's so much that happens in this episode 
outside of him that it's hard to like find anything new. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's still, like you said, he's very much kind of like filling a role. Learned that this was a way to kind of boost his image so because he has a show. It's cross-promotion. Yeah, it's cross-promotion. But he does a good job on it. He does a good job on it. Um, yeah, I, it's... He's, it's such an interesting thing knowing knowing who he is now and seeing him back then. Um, We're going to have to try and pinpoint the moment where he kind of is not the charming everyman. Where he... Yeah. Because like even in Bosom Buddies, like sitcom acting, I don't know how much he's going to be able to show as far as being like a leading man. Right. Because, I mean, he's only a couple of years away from dropping... He's what, five, six years from like big... Yeah. A hundred, yeah, yeah, and then oh, okay, so I guess he's like about a decade away from like dropping seventy five pounds and you know playing someone dying of AIDS, yeah, and going on to his first Oscar. Like maybe there's like an episode of Bosom Buddies we're gonna see where like out of nowhere he just pulls this one scene out that he puts on his reel and it becomes what he goes on to do. But knowing I mean, knowing what I know already about Bosom Buddies, it does happen. Oh really? Yeah, it okay. does. It does happen. There is there is a uh, um more than more than once actually where you start to see like oh this dude can actually like he can go there. But then he still goes into like the burbs and stuff. Cannot wait for the burbs. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh my god. The, oh my he, god, I love that movie so up much. Up until we started this, the only thing I've ever seen of Tom Hanks from like the eighties is big. Really? That's it. Well, I said in the last pod. And it's, it will probably be my favorite episode. I'm going to need, like, that episode might be three hours long. <laughs> the Joe vs. the Volcano episode. I don't know a damn I thing about cannot, it other than you've told me he's Joe. I cannot wait for that episode. I love that movie. It, it's arguably in my top five favorite Tom Hanks movies. Really? I love that movie so much. It's so ridiculous, but it... Oh, you know what? I'm not going to say any more because that episode is going to be epic. I cannot wait. I hope you subscribe because it's going to be nuts. Randy, you might not even talk the whole time. I'm going <laughs> to dominate that episode. Uh, oh, man. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I mean, like they do in this episode of The Love Boat, like at the end, after Julie shuts him down and yeah. then, like Julie and Gopher have a long conversation because they kind of feel something, which their whole love scenario, this is season four. They've been friends for a while, and now, right. you know, something might kick off. Or there's, a, there's that line that he says, like, you know, because uh, uh, Tom Hanks goes to Gopher at the end. Yes. And he says, what's your secret? Because he obviously doesn't get Julie. Uh, and, he, and Gopher goes, start with a friend. Yeah. And it's like, that's, that's a good line. Because, I mean, you know. Which theirs is the only justified love story in it. And they just decide to be special friends. And exactly. Then, 45 minutes later they're at the tiki bar and they just get it on <laughs> right right i mean they have there's a couple moments where they're like oh i don't know if this works I, I, like do we feel it do we not feel it you know i don't know if they, at the end of the episode i don't think that they're going to be like a couple couple again where the fuck is hr but um yeah. uh you get the idea that like you know if they're out to sea and it's a friday night and they're feeling a little squirrely. Wait, they know who to call. <laughs> even Gopher says, he's like, we will just be very special friends. Because, like, they kiss the first time. Then they friends to... benefits wasn't a thing back then. Well, they talk, and then they kiss again two times. And they're both like, oh, it doesn't feel like that time. And then they're just hanging out at the bar. And then, like, you know, 
coworkers are busting their balls a little bit, and yeah. then out of nowhere, they're just like, Rawr! like fucking sexual hyenas on each other. Yeah, again. And then like the three, like the doc, the captain, and fucking uh, Ted Lang Isaac are just standing there, just casually talking while they go at it less than two feet from them. Yeah. Also, captain, like run a tighter ship, man. <laughs> yeah. Where you at, Stooping? Yeah. What the fuck, Stooping? Like I know it's called the Love Boat. Well, actually, the, the ship is called the Princess something. Oh, hopefully not the Diana. No. They could never Jesus. go under a bridge. <laughs> oh, God, Randy. Oh, man. That's awful. Hold on. I'm going to find the name of the boat here. It's the Princess. Also, the captain in this has an insane tan level. He is tan mom. He and lip gloss he has on at one point, which he, is very... He definitely is wearing lip gloss at, at one point. The prince, the Pacific Princess. The uh, Pacific Princess. Yeah, he is He is incredibly tan, and everyone wears... I know you're on a boat, but everyone's shorts are way too short. Like you're, The dock shorts are frightening. You're a captain of a major ship. You need to wear pants. <laughs> you're a doctor. You have a degree in medicine... Your shorts should not end at your upper thigh. And they also should not be so tight that they could cut off circulation to your testicles. Right. They are way too short and way too tight on that boat. Like, they're doing studies about people being borderline sterile now from having cell phones in their pockets near their junk all day. Mm -hmm. What about those shorts that everyone wore in the 70s? (laughs) Right. Right. Tom Hanks in this had the right idea because he was wearing them like loose fitting biker shorts like yeah. we're lucky we didn't see anything fall out like in the stuff that he was wearing while he was getting rubbed down there was so much thigh a lot of thigh like an uncomfortable amount of thigh a lot of thigh yeah and like a lot of the scenes in this um it's maybe it's just because it's dated or because it's a love boat they all have this sort of uh setup and dialogue because it's got to be shot pretty quickly mm-hmm. they all seem like the start of like a brazzers scene like, even when Doris Roberts is hitting him, like, the Sarge, and, like, Tom Hanks is by the pool, and he grabs the woman, and he yeah. grabs Julie's leg at the yeah. dinner. Yeah. By the time, uh, by the time we finish the Turner and Hooch episode, we, there will be nothing left to the imagination when it comes to Tom <laughs> Hanks' anatomy. Like, you, you'll get the gist. <laughs> Between this and Big and fucking <laughs> Turner and Hooch, like, you, you pretty much get the idea. You know, you know what Rita Wilson, you know, goes home to at night. <laughs> well, he's got the confidence of someone who would have something. <laughs> um, two pods in a row where I reference uh, Tom Hanks' bulge. And <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be recurring. What that says about me, I don't know, man. <laughs> so far, like, physically, we're talking about his uh, every man good looks. Yep. His insane hair. Yep. And his bulge. <laughs> yep. I mean, this is a love tribute pod, so might as well just go all the way with it. Does he have a movie? I said I said I wanted to learn a little bit more about myself. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with this tweet. Like, I can admit that guy's attractive. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, would probably go gay for him in a heartbeat. <laughs> or he'd talk you into it. Yeah. If he was banging on your cruise door. Yeah. I'd let him in. <laughs> and not before you left. Right. You'd open the door up like how Gopher went into Isaac's room. Where <laughs> so, they get yeah. an uncomfortable gay joke. They get an uncomfortable gay joke in the, in this because Gopher is unsure. He's like, do you think to... people could be friends for a long time and then finally realize they're in love? And then he goes, don't go strange on me. <laughs> do you think that it's possible for two people who work together to stop 
taking each other for granted and have a real relationship. Just because I let you in here in the middle of the night, don't go strange on me. I know. The, Definitely the, true to the time. Like The word strange was bothersome. Yeah. yeah. And this day and age was bothersome. I don't swing that way would have been the more timeless thing to say. That was the biggest thing that I took away from it, though. Like, it was it was funny. There was a lot of jokes. I, I, I'm interested at the... I'm very interested in the love boat. Like I, I'm. It's a good. I would go back and, of a show. Yeah, I would go back and watch more of it. I, I, I'm gonna. You got. I mean, you had to buy the whole season. Yeah, and so we might as well just get our investment <laughs> out of it. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had one of the most embarrassing situations I've been in a while. Was walking around to several DVD stores trying to buy <laughs> physical media for a show that was on. Started like nine years before I was born. Yeah. And having to walk up to a 20-year-old and being like, do you guys have season four of The Love Boat on DVD? <laughs> and then them all looking at me like I walked up and asked for a hand job. It was that awkward. <laughs> yeah, I remember texting you. I was like, uh, I was at work and I was like, just clearly not working. Uh, I was like on the Best Buy website, like, oh, I think Best Buy has it. And I don't live near Best Buy, but you do. So I was like, oh, go to, go to, go to the Best yeah. Buy. I think they have it. I went to two Best Buys and two Walmarts. None yeah. of them had it. Yeah. Striking out on buying a Love Boat DVD in your early 30s is really not a great day. And yeah, we wanted to record this, and I didn't have time to do like the next day shipping on Amazon. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to go and you know do the legwork here. Um, but we found it. And now we have season four, and now we can go back and see what else happens. and, and then Which is weird, because like, the Love Boat, you hear... Now and in like, you know, VH1 out of the 70s or 80s mm-hmm. and all that stuff, it, it kind of gets shit on. It's not a bad show. No. It's, it's above average. It's a good situ- like situation. Like, how could the like a season drag Yeah, when there's so many people going in and out and there's so many stories? It's, it's just a good setup. It's almost like a sketch show in a way. Yeah. I actually, uh, interesting thing about the show itself um, that I was reading so in the 1970s, shows with a laugh track, I guess we're, we're getting like a lot of heat, a lot of heat. Like people were just really... And this is one of the most blatant laugh tracks I've ever heard in my life. Right. Exactly. Um, because obviously it takes place on a boat out in the ocean. But so people were like really like getting pissy about laugh track shows. Rightfully so. I have a whole story about that. But... Uh, so much so that when you think about shows like Cheers, what's one of the first things that you see when you watch an episode of Cheers? I'm a huge Cheers fan, by the way, just uh, putting that out there. The first thing is Cheers is filmed in front of a live yeah. studio audience. They started adding that to try to like take off some of the heat that they Justify were Justify the noise. Exactly. This was one of the only shows that didn't do that at the time. Well, how can you shoot a thing on a cruise ship with a live studio audience? Yeah. So I guess like... Even though I'm sure some of it was shot in the studio, because when they're on the deck by the pool, it's obviously just a blue curtain. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, but I guess like at the time it was like a big deal that they were... They, they remained a laugh track show, which means they probably got a lot of heat for it from yeah. the critics. Um, and they didn't do... The this show is filmed in front of a live studio audience little bit there in the beginning. Um, I can... I hate laugh track shows. They're awful. Well, I hate modern laugh track shows, I should say. I should say that. The shows that are filmed in front of a live studio audience, like, I give them... Yeah, watch The Big Bang slack. Theory where they take out the laughs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I only... I only... I say that because I was... I uh, had the, the, the... 
I guess you'd call it a privilege. The show wasn't very good. It only lasted like four episodes. But uh, I was in uh, L.A. one time with my uncle, and he uh, was a producer uh, for country music television, and CMT was producing like a spinoff of Reba. Oh, I hope this is the billing ball show. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It was a spinoff of Reba. Ah. And, uh, and he was like, hey, I got to do some interviews. You can come to the studio. Uh, so my cousin, his daughter, and I like hang, hung out at the studio. It was cool. We got to meet Reba McIntyre. That was cool. Um, I'd do that. And I got to meet... Um, Reba's friggin- cool as shit. Yeah, she was hilarious. And we got to meet John Schneider, a.k.a. Bo Duke. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I sat next to him while he like ate eggs at craft services. Like, that was cool. <laughs> um, but aside from that, it was shitty because you get to see like how these laugh track shows are done. And... Basically, it's like the three or four or five writers sitting in those like, you know, the little foldable chairs yeah. there, uh, the director's chairs there. And they're just kind of like watching. And every time like a joke lands, you just hear them go, ha, 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 ha. Silence. The, the dialogue goes on. The dialogue goes on. The dialogue goes on. You tell a joke. Ha, 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 ha. And I looked over at my uncle. I was like, what? What is, ha- <laughs> what is happening right now? He's like. That's how they do the laugh track. So it, that's that, why, you like, if you watch some shows, there's always that one guy with distinctive laugh. He's like, ha ha ha! Yeah. So the camera is picking up, or the audio is picking up the 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 writers, so that they know that's where we dub in the laugh track. And I was like, I need a shower. It's like this. I feel soup. dirty. This is gross. <laughs> like that's how it's done, really. Ugh. Now, I mean. I, I can go back now. Like I, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I'm a huge Cheers fan and yeah. Frasier. And I know that that's how it was done now. But mo- in the modern day, I think it's I think it's a dead format, and it needs to like go away. You can again, you can appreciate it for what it was back yeah. then. But in the modern era, we yeah, we don't need any of it. And I guess at the '70s, they they were also like you know wise to it. And they're like, this is I don't like this. Yeah, no one likes to be fucking coerced into something. Yeah, but don't like, tell now me we're gonna have to, to watch 25 episodes or something. Yeah, <laughs> Tom Hanks. Exactly. <laughs> uh, ooh, is Buzz and Buddies a laugh track? Yes, it is. It is. It has to be. It is. It is. It is. It is. Um, I forgot that for a second. I was like, ooh, is Buzz and Buddies like ahead of its time? No, it's definitely it's shot in a studio, but like, yeah, you can't. Unless you nail everything the first take, it has to be like a recorded laugh. Because like, no joke is funny the third time you hear it. Right. That's my little story about laugh tracks. For the Love Boat, it does, like, I used to watch a lot of like Nick at Night and stuff. It is something I probably would have watched. It has funny moments. It's, it has its cheesy moments as anything in certain eras does. But I think it's a, like, you can watch Gilligan's Island now. I would say it's like that level of quality of sitcom. Yeah. There are legitimate funny parts. Uh, like Tom uh, Ted Lang is charismatic. He's way over the top and not acting well in anything. No, but there it's it's a good show. And Tom Hanks as the as a cross promotional dude did a really good job. Yeah, of you know making himself likable, but also being a dick. I question making him who he was in this episode before you make him someone you root for in a series. Well. From what I know about Bosom Buddies, and again, we're going to dive into this pretty hard, but because we've got three seasons to, to tackle, he he is definitely that level of confident in Bosom Buddies, yeah. but he's not a womanizer. He's definitely a horny dude. He has to be. Yeah. I mean, it's 1980s New York. Everyone is fucking naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody like is horny. He's getting a... In the typecasting thing, he's like the everyman 
who is charming and can talk and stuff, but like this is two in a row. Yeah. And Bosom Buddies, I know he's in drag in a female environment. He's also going to be a horny dude in that. Yeah. He's like charming horny guy. Yeah. He's charming horny guy. Yeah, that, yeah. That's his that's his go-to for a little <laughs> while. Until big happens and then it just gets weird. Yeah. <laughs> um Charming horny guy. That's that's what I'm going to do on every dating profile for myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the big episode is going to be is going to be funny. Uh, I can't wait for that one. Um, little sidebar because I I've told you this before, and we we got to have her on. We've got to have her on. Um, my wife April is uh, actually having brunch with her right now as we speak. Uh, she directed um, a community theater adaptation of. Big the musical, <laughs> and my clothes don't fit. Oh. oh, it's worse than that, dude. And you know what I'm is the, this feeling in my pants? No, it's oh. it's more like because I'm a big boy now. <laughs> I'm not joking. That's a line. <laughs> that is a verse in one of the songs. Because I'm a big boy now, and. Yeah, the way I was just looking at you, right? You guys can't see this, but I was giving Randy some super creepy, creepy vibes, right? Just looking at him. But uh, that's how I felt sitting in the audience. Was there a ballad by uh, the love interest in who's like, I technically just committed statutory rape? Almost. <laughs> anyway, she it, she didn't write the musical. It was just she was the director of the in the in the community theater group, and she had a she had a job to do. But she has some stories. And they're very funny, and we have to have her on to give her perspective of because obviously, you know, when you're a direct when you're directing something in the modern era, and you're looking at it, it, she, she has a lot of funny stories. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. You couldn't do it the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to have her on to talk about it. We'll do we'll do the full pod. Uh, maybe maybe it'd be like a like a Patreon or a sub pod. Like we have yeah. we have a uh, Katie come on and, and do. Uh, <laughs> What the big the musical directing was like. Oh man, I would love to hear the songs. Oh god, you could probably find it. It made it to Broadway, dude. <laughs> oh wow. Which, by the way, the songs "Love Boat" theme holds up. Holds up, man. It's a classic. Everyone kind of shits on it, and you hear like a bunch of people do the "Love Boat." Some good, some good solid key changes. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got the good '70s jam to it. Like everyone thinks of the "Love Boat," but there's like a cool little like lead up to that. You know, it, it builds. There's a little bit of a Superfly thing going on. A little bit of Superfly in the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So, in conclusion, I think I think we should. Yeah, yeah. I think we've touched on the three storylines. They all, uh, they all made led us to believe that the Love Boat was actually a good show. Definitely made sense why above it lasted. Average. Above average. Made sense why it lasted for 10 years. We see why people are still really into it, why there's constant reunions that are happening. Um, totally makes sense. Um, Tom Hanks uh, still kind of, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of typecasting happening. Yep. Um, which for us is really exciting because we're going to get to watch uh, like the, the transformation happen um, in order, which is great. Um, and he did a great job. Uh, he played, he, he answered the question that we had asked, uh, in to the an first extent. pod to an extent, to an extent. I would um, still love to see him be like a killer. Yeah. And I think, I think, I think in 10 years when like, he's like really like, he's an old man now, I think he could totally be like a killer. But, it, w- it would be really cool to see him be like a Hannibal Lecter. Uh, even in this, he's a little bit more like Christopher McDonald, like dirty work, shooter McGavin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I want like 
Anthony Hopkins, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think, I think we acknowledged this in the last pod, like that kind of like Robin Williams, one hour photo. Yeah. Type. I don't know if we said that in the last pod, but that's, that's kind I of love like, that movie. That could be, I could see him doing something kind of like that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he can adapt to anything like he could, he could, I could see him, you know, putting on some aviator glasses and doing a goatee and becoming like the BTK killer. I'll be interested to see if Bosom Buddies, because I don't know, it's kind of, from everything I've ever heard of it before watching it, it's kind of panned everywhere you ever hear of it. It's kind of like one of those big bombs and like missteps that will it be in its situation and function as good as the love boat is? Yeah. I... I never heard really anything necessarily bad about Bosom Buddies. I never heard good. I I mean, my mom, again, she... I mean, the extent it. of what I know is like VH1, I love the 80s, shitting on it. Oh, okay. See, I... I from what I remember of it, it was... Um, it was funny. It, it was very much... It, it followed the same platform as everything else that was happening there, but just got like forgotten about. Also you had a very, you had a movie come out around the same time. That was a huge blockbuster that kind of like had a similar, uh, Oh, is that a uh, Tootsie? Yeah. Well, Tootsie was later. Isn't that like 87? There was a, the other one there with a woman dresses as a man and then she ends up whipping her tits out at one point. Oh, that was the school one. Yeah. 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 That one. No, that was, uh, Oh yeah. I remember that one. That was I, a good one. I think that's the big one. That was a good one. Um, not just cause she, you get to see boob in that one, but I've never heard good. I've always just heard it's where Tom Hanks started and, you know, people saying it's crazy. He got out of something like that, which when people say it's crazy, he went on to have the career he had. Obviously this has to be a thing that was like an abomination in a way. Yeah. Like it's Ryan Reynolds again, two girls, a guy in a pizza place or two guys, a girl in a pizza place sort of deal. Like yeah. how did he get from that to what he is now? Yeah. I think that's a wrap on the Love Boat. So again, if you're looking to go and find it, it is season four episode of the one. Love of the Love Boat, um, episode one. Um, we searched high and low, uh, YouTube, Hulu, Netflix, everything else in between. <laughs> um, just straight up Google searches. Um, we're not super dark web guys, so we maybe it's there. But if you're into that yeah. sort of junk, then go for it. Um, uh, if you watch a lot of my TV, you might accidentally catch it. You might accidentally catch it, but yeah, um, we had to go ahead and just go ahead and buy the DVD. Mm. You know, um, so watch it, enjoy it. It is fun. It definitely uh, piqued our interest of the show in its entirety um, to the point where we may even—it's highly watchable. We may even go back and watch the whole thing from start to finish and. and uh, blab about it on into a microphone uh, for your viewing or listening pleasure or displeasure whatever <laughs> um, so thank you guys for listening again I'm Zeke I'm Randy and this has been Hank's Beat You Tom brothers and sisters Amen, Amen.
was a pretty successful broadcast. Yeah.